The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Shout out to my eighth grade <laughs> teacher for the being like overtly loud about not just taking information and immediately utilizing it like and, and making it he, he was like you have to make this your own you have to, to find out if this is real it was awesome it's the only way you can really learn he did a whole hour class on it do it yourself by teaching us something that wasn't true and then testing us on it <laughs> for one full hour it's awesome and then did the rest of the day in a whole thing around like how you cannot 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 just take what people tell you as truth it was so sick. It's cool. Eighth That's grade teacher. That's a pretty advanced eighth grade teacher, I feel He's, like. Well, he did win Disney's Teacher of the Year for my little school. Got right. them a $50,000 scholarship. That's pretty gangster. In like 2000, whatever, something. I'm yeah. always just tripping out when people people read something. Okay, I fucking love stories, and I love hearing people tell stories. Yep. Because I think it's one of the most powerful ways to get a point across. You could tell the most epic story that's got just nugget after nugget after nugget after nugget of material in it. But if it's not direct, if it doesn't translate directly to that person's situations, they're like, so what? That like, actually like, drives yeah. me crazy. I don't get it. And I'm like, what do you mean, so what? And they're like, well, I don't fucking work in this industry, or I don't mm. do this for my job, or these aren't my circumstances. And it's like, it's not that this person's life mimics yours, and you need to do exactly what they're doing. Right. Take the lessons, read between the lines. I like seeing it as like, yeah, you're just taking in information, like you're just learning and there's nothing wrong. Like you can learn and also not agree with all the ideas at the same time and like just think about ways you can apply them in your own life. I love that, you Alex. Were you always um, a go-getter, Alex? <laughs> a go-getter? I don't know. Uh, I have no idea, honestly. Well, I, yeah, I feel like I'm a go-getter now, but more just, I've always been a hard worker. I've always been very focused on, yeah, I think so. I was going to say, give you, you went to school and got a master's. So what oh, leads yeah. you to think one way or the other based on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, definitely like with school, I've always been a go-getter. I've always been seeking out the good grades and learning more things and yeah. We were just at my house talking about orientation, and part of it is pulling stories that correlate to the values so that we have consistent yeah. stories to tell in orientation and things that, you know, th these are times when people went above and beyond. Right. And one of your stories is one of them, which is the story of coffee in grocery stores. <laughs> and the story is now you're the director of this huge wholesale partner program. You manage that whole situation. But at this time... You weren't. You were an employee 
working <laughs> in the cafe. You're just kind of doing your thing, and you approach me, and you're like, hey, I don't know if you're interested in this, but I think we should sell our coffee at grocery stores. Yeah. Is is this something that we'd be interested in? Like, can we sell our coffee at grocery stores? Also, I've done all of this work to see what we need to do to get into Whole Foods, to get in these places. <laughs> we got to get SKUs. How does... Let's go. And I was like, wow, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> so I guess what I'm asking is if you were always a go-getter, did you mm. always... What was it that made you identify that need? There was something that was a core need to our business that we weren't tapping into mm. and made you want to go get it. And have you, has that been a pattern throughout your life? Okay. I know in this particular situation, it was, it was you guys have always welcomed ownership. You've, you've always welcomed your employees and like encouraged everybody to take ownership, especially in the beginning when it was such a small like core group. It was very much of the way that it was like, yeah, like, let's all, like, own things. Like, if you have an idea, you know, think it through to fruition, and then let's take it and run with it if it's, you know, something that's going to be good for the business. So I think just knowing that that was a thing, and I knew that I wanted to grow and excel at the at this company and do more things. So I think it was just a combination of realizing the environment was primed for it, and then I was – I felt like I could do it just because – I, I, I think anybody can pretty much do anything if right. they just set their mind to it and like figure it out. So there was one key thing that I love that you said there. I like a, little, a lot of what you said there, but oh, you took the perspective of what's good for the entire business. And it wasn't just something that you liked. It happened to be mm. something that you liked and was beneficial for the entire business. So you right. felt like it was worth investing time into. Yeah. Do you have any advice for, not only our team, but people elsewhere when it comes down to, mm. to that, like what, you know, like what were you, what was in your mind? You, you came up with something on your own. I didn't tell you, Chris didn't tell you go find grocery. Right. You know, like what was that process like for you? If you can recall two years ago, obviously, Man. or about yeah, two, two years ago, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to remember the specifics around it other than just I knew that there are different aspects of a coffee business. Like I knew there's, there's a cafe, there's eyes. a roastery, there's like wholesale. So I, I knew that they all were parts of the business. And I think I could just see it as being something that was just there and not really being like, I knew we had wholesale partners. Like I knew we had companion as a partner and Hawthorne at the time. Um, so I just, I saw that it was there, but I, at, at the same time, I wasn't really thinking this is going to lead to a career in the wholesale department of the company. I was just thinking that it was going to be something that I could figure out that I could contribute and maybe we get into grocery and that's all that would happen. But then when you guys were like, Oh, you should just do more of this. Right. <laughs> and I, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I think there's something there that I want to unpack a little bit. Yeah. That yeah. is you had an idea and took some initiative on something that was really selfless. You didn't mm. do what you did for personal gain. You weren't after the goal of, ooh, if I can get us into grocery and show <laughs> that I can turn some big accounts, they're probably going to promote me into uh, this big, like, really radical position right. and I'll fucking thrive. Right. You were like, hmm, here's something that I can do that'll benefit the whole company overall. I don't even know if there's anything in it for me. All I know is it's good for the organization and True. that must be rad. Yeah. And 
it's almost some people put the cart before the horse with their intentions and they act on things with selfish intentions. And mm. I think that will take you off the path. Right. Whereas you unknowingly put yourself on the path yeah. by looking outside of yourself, <laughs> which I thought is interesting. I mean, I think that's, that's really, really powerful then hmm. for everybody. But even if, if you're listening and you work at our company, remember that like as we grow morph, change, adapt, whatever happens in the future, if you're trying to set out to do something only because of a potential job that you'll get in the future, you actually are probably going to, and I'm not trying to dissuade you, but it, that's not the right path. The right yeah. path is doing something because it's beneficial, good, you believe in it, and then that leads to something. You know, right. it's not only, I just want to encourage the people to step into their passions a little bit that's to awesome. learn about those things. Yeah, and I feel like it intersects with the value of believe a lot because the reason that I wanted to do those things was because I did, and that wasn't even our value then, but right. you know, because I did, that's what it came down to is like, Oh, I believe in what we're doing. This could help the company and this is cool. So let's, let's do it. Well, it's synergetic and symbiotic as well in that yeah. even if your job was not ever to become a wholesale department director guy, right? You did something that provided more opportunity income for our company which therefore provided more opportunity income for somebody. True, that true. somebody was you in this case. And that turned into a, actually a few more people in the long run. Yeah. And that's something that's... A lot of people just discount that, right? They're like, mm. well, I just did this little thing that helped. And it's like, that little thing might take the Grand Canyon. That little river <laughs> yeah. became a Grand Canyon. It was a little thing. It is crazy to think about that. Yeah, like a small action, a small idea could turn into, yeah, like a full-on career opportunity. I, <laughs> I think the, the other lesson that's kind of hiding in the shadows is that the partner program seems to be like a pretty awesome fit for you yeah. for a number of reasons, but you get so much energy out of engaging with other people, visiting other people, helping <laughs> other people change their business and just do like way, like it's like break out of their box in big ways. Right. And I see that come back with you and it comes back with you in the form of energy. And I think, if you look like Jared, going back to what you're saying with, if you're looking for the next promotion or the next level up, sometimes you're going to miss out on things that feel really true mm -hmm. to you. Mm -hmm. yep. So you just kind of followed your heart and were, was like, I'm going to do this. And yep. that led you into this place where your talents shine because it's a natural fit mm. instead of I'm just playing for the next promotion and I'm going to get this because I want to make more money or right. I want to do better. That is a very well it's true. put way of trying to of saying what I was trying it's, to say. It's, no, I think, it, well, I think it's different things. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect tangent though yeah. to what I was it's saying. It's a compliment. Just too. because totally. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, we are a business that is open, meaning that, should an idea come to play right. that works out and we see a big opportunity to follow that path farther, we're the kind of company that will, Yeah, you know? And, and so I guess that should hopefully be an encouragement to people who work for us. But I also think that that should be an encouragement for anybody who works anywhere. Right. You know, if you, even if you're not going to stay there forever, if you're the person who takes an initiative that changes the course of a company's direction, guess what? everybody's going to know that wherever you go in the future. Yeah. Especially if that company, you know, is any, any sort of caring at all and the owners don't just take the cred themselves. That's but true. And you can always say it and it's always yeah. true. Worst case scenario. Also, you go through that exercise and you learn something. So even if the company doesn't, isn't aware of what they, 
how they should have responded, which would be, wow, you're someone to be of note. Like you, you just, you took initiative. You did this, even if they don't get it, you know, maybe then maybe you'll leave the company, but you'll, you'll learn something along the way about like how to do things. And then you could take that wherever you go also. So it helps you too. Oh God! As a person, sorry, I almost I cut you off because I got all excited. Well, you got all excited. He's a peacock. It, it starts with you, like wherever you are. Yeah. No matter who you work for, they could mm. be super supportive people. Right. They could be the worst motherfuckers that you ever worked for, and that's not an excuse to fail or to do shitty things or to yeah. progress in your own career. Like you have to own your own career, your own work no matter where you are right. yeah. and if you're waiting for people to validate you or give you a handout or come and open the door for you right. you you're in like kind of a shitty situation even if you work for a place like this mm. where we're super supportive the door is open it's a welcome to shake things up but unless right. you take that step take that little bit of initiative yeah it, you still got to go get it. You still got to go get it. Yeah. You still got to go out on a limb there. Well, and even to take that a step further, some people might think that going out on a limb means you tried something and you maybe got a no or you got a different answer. It just didn't go as you maybe envisioned it at the beginning. And what I am going towards is that doesn't actually mean it's not going to work in the future, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't mean give up immediately. So, like, you know, maybe somebody comes with an idea it's like two thirds flushed out and it only kind of works. It doesn't really catch hold, but they're still like, they still believe in it. Are you the kind of person who's going to be a little bit relentless in like mm. trying to connect the dots, maybe figure out what you potentially missed in the delivery of this set idea, right. find the people around you to support you in maybe flushing it out and making it more clear, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Are you going to be the person who tries once and gives up? Or are you going to be the person who tries yeah. over and over again yeah, and totally. until you, seek out and find what that thing is that's tugging at your soul to achieve. Let's unpack the grocery thing a little bit more. (laughs) You brought the grocery stuff to our attention, but what are the things that went along with it that you think made it successful? Why did it take hold? Like why did, how did we, how did we make it work? Basically, how did I make it work? I'm trying to get into your thought process because I have hmm. a pretty good idea of why I thought it was compelling. Mm. Oh, like why? Term, why was it? A, why'd you do it from the frame? Or no, from the framework <laughs> yeah. of if if someone else Good has question. an idea right. that they want to bring, what is some Mars advice that you would give to them on how to package the idea, present the idea, and the steps they should have taken before they roll out uh, that idea yes. to their bosses or managers? Right. So thinking back, what I did was. <laughs> I was like, I have no idea how to get into a grocery store. So I'm just going to call the grocery store first and just be like, hey, dudes, uh, we're a local coffee company. And they were like, oh, this is the wrong place to call. You need to call the buying office. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. So starting like, you know, it's more of like an investigative. It was more of an investigative process of, okay, cool. The first thing I tried wasn't the right thing. That's fine. They told me to go this route instead. So I'm going to go that route and then talk to them. And then eventually that led to, oh, we know about you guys. Like, we come into your cafe. So step one is maybe do some homework. Yeah, do some homework. Do some, think about, like, think think about, it's basically like make it 
as easy as possible for the person you're presenting the idea to to say yes to it. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So after you got in touch with the buying office, they knew who we were. Yeah. What was the next step after that? After that, it was let's meet up and let's chat. You can bring some coffee for us to taste, even though we know what it tastes like, but we can talk about it and then we can go through and talk about what the next steps are. I'm hearing also that you weren't, you weren't afraid <laughs> to just give it a go. Right? I was, I was nervous for sure, but I felt like I had been working here long enough that I understood how to talk about the company and how to talk about the coffee, at least to a level that was for like, you know, maybe I wouldn't have been able to do it for like, uh, one of our wholesale accounts at the time. Um, but I felt comfortable in the grocery realm for sure. It's a little bit more of a softer landing. Softer landing. You're not full blown coffee nerds there. Yeah, definitely. And then there's some other things that go along with being in grocery. Right. What was, what was the next step in that journey? Because it's not like you can just show up Uh, with coffee and drop it off. It's a, it's a little bit more complex. (laughs) Yeah. You have to figure out logistics of everything. So first there's the paperwork that's like signing up for, you know, like they, they sent us a bunch of forms that we had to fill out. And I was like, I have no idea what this is, but I'll just fill out what I can. And then I'll find Chuck and be like, Hey dude, what's our company ID or whatever. Right, like a reseller license and all that shenanigans. Yeah. What's our insurance policy for liability? (laughs) What's all that stuff? And he was like, Oh yeah, I've got that. And I was like, Oh cool. I thought maybe we would have to figure that out. (laughs) So it was that. And then there was, figuring out the UPC code thing, which was a whole weird story. But you just went for that. I remember you handled that. Yeah. Yeah, I looked up how to do it online. Yeah, it's just Google. <laughs> and a lot of that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's all just, yeah, Google. It's just Google. Google. I didn't do anything. It was all Google. The thing is, I a lot of these skills came from my previous career when I was a software developer mm. because that was very, I got thrown in the deep end. I didn't really know a lot about I knew some about technology, but I didn't know as much as the other people around me. And it was the kind of environment where I just, I could either go to my boss 25 times a day and ask him questions and have him look at me and just be like, you know, you could have Googled this, right? Figure this shit out. (laughs) Or just figure it out. So like, I think it was just over time, like just being like, oh, you can figure most stuff out. (laughs) If you, I literally (laughs) just told someone to Google it like 30 (laughs) minutes ago, right? When we got there, they they wanted help on, some video thing. stuff, and I was like, dude, everything's on YouTube, everything's on Google. Yeah. You will be a semi-pro in 45 minutes. Right, yeah. Which is cool, because then you get to learn yourself and go through the process of figure, finding the information and then digesting it in a way that works for you and not talking to some... I mean, it's cool to talk to other people, too, but... It's better when you have, like, a little base knowledge that you've developed yourself, maybe. That kind of ties back to the book thing, why people have a hard time with books. And it's maybe yeah. they're looking for something specifically, like, somebody to specifically say that this is for you. I want you to read this for you because I think of something with you. And, and, and gotcha. what you're saying is maybe break it down in a whole other way. It's like, mm. okay, here's my life. Here's my approach. Right. Here's an approach of, in this case, you were talking about Legacy by James Carr, which is a lot of philosophies and, yeah. and approaches from... The All Blacks rugby team, which is like the best, whatever, most winning team in the world. Yeah. Maybe still today. I don't know. 75% or something. Yeah. But then you could theoretically be the kind of person like, cool, that's for them. Or you could be like, okay, 
how do these philosophies, which one of these 14 or so yeah. or five really resonate with me? And how can I lean into those in my life right. in a way where it maybe could be meaningful or game changing for everybody around me? Yeah. Not only myself. Like what's your version of sweeping the floor? Yeah, like exactly. what's, what's my version of sweeping the floor? Yeah. And that's, it should be different for everybody. So when, yeah. when we often talk about all these books we love, and, and people bring up good questions. They say, okay, so why are you suggesting all these books? And I'm like, well, I have a number of reasons why they're important to me. And if they're important to me, parts of them should be important to you. Yeah. And I don't want to pigeonhole you and assume that I know what you need to learn. Right. Because you should be self-assessing yourself in a way where you're open to perspectives mm. and ideals and ideas. And yeah, some of them won't work for you. Great. None of it's a waste of time, though. Yeah. None of it is a waste of time if you sit back and take a, take a chance to digest it. Yeah. You learn something. And with the time you use in that book, maybe you would have been, what, running? Maybe you would have been, I don't know what, watching, <laughs> watching TV, Netflix, yeah. on YouTube, maybe looking at something good, maybe not. Sleeping in. You know, like there's so many things. It's like, was it really a waste of your time? Right. Or was it just your perspective is that it was a waste of your time because of whatever reason. You didn't dive in. You didn't immediately connect because i get that with some books i can't read every book it's also okay to find books that don't work for you read a quarter of the way through and be like you know what this isn't for me right close it move on pick up something else it's if you've done that 20 times in a row and you feel like nothing is applicable to you you need to look at yourself and be like okay what am i not picking up here like where am i missing and even if you got one thing out of a book like an entire book that you read and you're like most of that was irrelevant to me, but this one thing is pretty cool. That's awesome. Because mm-hmm. then you're, you know, moving farther along the, the chain. Well, Alex <laughs> is reading his goal. No, <laughs> no pressure now that I said I'm is. Doing it. But yeah, but here it is. I'm Alex serious. is reading 52 books this year. Yeah. One book a week. It's a book a week. And so far, so good. Five in. <laughs> five, five in. <laughs> what is that? 46 more to go? Yeah. I make it, is that 40. right? Do you have a set-aside time schedule to read? Is it certain blocks every day? It's So I've been waking up early and reading for at least half an hour in the morning, and then I'll read for at least half an hour before I go to bed, or maybe an hour if I am in the zone. Hour is a good stretch. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time, which is funny because I've always struggled so much with books, and I've just have such a hard time reading books and staying focused. Like, I'll read half a page, and then I'll drift off, and be like, God, what did I just read? And I'll read it again. That cycle will continue. But reading these books in particular, all these self-help business, psychology, all these kinds of books, I'm much more tuned to. I feel the same way. And I had the same mindset about books. But now I feel like my life literally depends on it. Me too. You know, whereas if you rewind 10 years, I'm kind of reading these books and wondering, why the fuck does this matter? Like, yeah. I don't understand the application. Part of that's my own mm. stupidity. Part of that's I was I I wasn't raised in a culture where th- this was encouraged. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a double dutch. And yeah. that, I think that's why I get so mad when I we were when we started this podcast. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get your <laughs> shit together. Fucking do it for yourself. <laughs> it. I don't want it to sound like it's disappointment or something. But I'm like, I wish somebody would have told me that. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. And I kind of felt left out of the loop and I'm just like, get, get in the mix of this shit. Right. It's like, there's so much actually at stake. Actually, no, I'd say it like this. There is that as well, but there's so much preventable 
problems that you can work towards solving before they ever happen that for sure I've gone through, for sure you've gone Mm -hmm. through. If you start at a far younger age than we did, paying attention, reading these books. Yeah. And maybe at the time, like maybe you're a little bit young to pick up on what's going on, but here's what's weird. If you did pay attention, that nugget of knowledge is going to pop up and you're going to be like, oh, I remember something about this. Yeah. And then there's you have at least some form of roadmap when somebody else hasn't given it to you yet. Right. Which, yeah, Chris is saying that we came from a place where people didn't give us a lot of that. Mm. And so, yeah, we're majorly passionate about this just because there is a lot at stake. There's a lot of unwasted time. True. That, you know, or wasted time that could be saved is what I should say. We could save you from wasting your time. We could save you from making a lot of shitty mistakes. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, it is reading these books and being like, oh, I could apply that here. Right. Yeah. You might have to sit on that for a minute. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, yeah. uh, dude, I, so real because it's, it's happening. It's poignant. It happens to us all the time right now. Yeah. This jumped into my head so hard because I'll post Instagram stuff and I'll tell, I'll tell stories usually about times when I felt super fucked up or missed the mark super hard. Right in an effort to kind of teach a lesson so that people don't have to m- repeat the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. It's funny to read some of the comments and people are like, don't get so down on yourself. It's okay. And I'm like, I'm not down on myself. I know it's all okay. Like this isn't for me. This is not me venting about my life. This yeah. is for you. Mm-hmm. It's like a positivity bias that they're like, Oh man. I'm that like, sucks. I feel fucking, I feel fucking great. I own a company and work with really rad people. Like this is, yeah. this is to try to be helpful. This is just a lesson. Mm. It's also important to note that there's like not judgment for the people who aren't understanding this. It's just a lot of passion from our side because yeah. we didn't understand this <laughs> and we went through some shit <laughs> <laughs> and it's not as bad as other people in this world for sure. Like, yeah. We never fully went hungry. We were never all these things that happened. It got pretty serious Holy for a while. There. I mean, <laughs> it got very demoralizing for both of us to the yeah. point where we've never, yeah, been this. I mean, we live pressed. in the U.S. We're pretty chill. Right, it's we're in the top one percent, no matter what U.S. I mean, in right. that in that situation, it's relative, but that doesn't mean that the times that we experienced didn't hurt or didn't. Yeah. You know, we didn't have nights where we stayed up crying the whole fucking night and couldn't <laughs> do anything. <laughs> but I really want to empower people because when I look back on our journey and when we were in a situation that was far less than ideal, I now looking back on it know that I had more power than I thought. Mm-hmm. I could have done things better to have a better time in that organization, even though that organization was lame, I, I could have done stuff that would make my life easier. Yeah. I also could have taken more control of my life and probably got out of there sooner. Right. But I, I, I want it to be encouraging and not paint like, Oh, we're victims of this fucking mm-hmm. thing. It's like, no, I probably had more power than I thought. Yeah. And I was like, I, I was the one who had it twisted. I had it fucked up. Yeah. We were holding on to some belief that something was going to happen that never was. Right. I was just like, like far too long. Yeah. But yeah, save save yourself. Read some books. But I think, okay, I I love books. If I was going to (laughs) package your grocery story for people, because people write in all the time. Okay, here's a question that I get. Every week, someone writes in and says, hey, I I work for this restaurant and I want to up their coffee game, but the restaurant owner doesn't understand, like, Mm. why we need good coffee. How do I talk to them? And I think the way that you talk to them is the same way that you talk to us about the wholesale thing is one, identify a need that's relevant for the company is going to drive the whole organization forward. Right. And if you work at a restaurant and want to improve the coffee program, that might actually mean 
coming to terms with the restaurant doesn't actually need better coffee. Mm. It might not be a benefit to their to their business. Maybe right. it is. Then if it is, you got to do step two, which is to do your homework and identify yep. what are some of the roadblocks that we're going to run into and how can I solve those problems so that when I come to you, I already have the answers. Yeah. And it's not just like, hey, you know what, Alex? I think we should... Um, you're a really cool chef. You should have better <laughs> coffee, bro. This right. coffee program is bullshit. Cool. Yeah. Like, how do we do it? Well, it's just, I don't know, but we should have better coffee. Right. So doing that homework and then the pitch mm. is so important. Yeah. And when you came with not just one idea of how things could go, but like, here's a few different avenues that we could take. Here's what I've already done. Here's what we need to go doing forward. Right. Not only does it show me that okay we're already on the path here mm. it it makes me trust you more because it shows me that you're willing to do the work that's necessary to yeah. turn this dream into a reality and mm-hmm. then it's not going to be like it's fallen like oh alex gave up halfway through and it fell on chris's plate now yeah <laughs> i'm not trying to take that up and like shovel yeah. someone else's shit yeah. <laughs> in the same way that you know it it means a lot to know Mm. that you're going to go the extra mile. Because if someone comes up to me like, hey, man, let's make the coffee program better. And I'm right. like, cool, what do you got? Well, I don't know. Let's make it better. Oh, like, do it. I don't trust you that you're going <laughs> to... Like, it shows me that you actually don't care. Right. You're taking the easy way out, which is making a suggestion, doing no work to back it up, and just expecting someone else to fucking execute your dream for you. What's and that that's not how shit works. Ideas without action is... Dreams or whatever. Dreams, all of them, all those (laughs) things. Ideas without action are just that. Ideas. If you came to that chef and you were like, okay, cool, here's like five coffee roasters. Some of them are local. Some of them are really well-known, respectable people. Here's their wholesale pricing. Here's what they offer. Mm -hmm. I suggest we go with this one because of X, Y, and Z. I've already spoken to them on the phone. Like, if you did that... I've also run a blind tasting with a bunch of guests, and they all like these two more than our current offerings. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. That's next level. And also knowing how it's going to plug in. Like, a lot of times people are talking about getting new equipment, training the staff. Like, kitchens are busy. They're not trying to fucking make espresso all the time. Like, removing as many of those blocks as possible. But coming with all those Mm. things up front... Dude, even... Even if you don't get the coffee program going, if you brought that to me, like even if grocery didn't work and we didn't get it going, I'm already like, Alex is a fucking (laughs) go-getter. Like Alex is someone who I can count on to do stuff. This isn't particularly right for us, like for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But the next time I need something done, I'm sure shit going to come to someone like that. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that's that's a boost for your career right there. I mean, that's a boost for everybody. It's the ability for somebody... In leadership to know that there's somebody there who wants to support them. Yep. That feels good. You're going to remember that. Minimum, you're going to ask questions of the person who came up with these ideas. Right. And, yeah, for sure, you're going to sick them on an idea when you have one in the future and be like, what do you think about this? You want to go get it? And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, most likely. And those are all really awesome open doors. That is sick. And the person, the employee, learns something, too. Like, they definitely learn a lot in that process. And, they're like at that point, they could, like... Not open a cafe, but like they're like taking those steps towards where they like, okay, cool. Now I get how like coffee roasting, supplying, wholesale stuff works. So, right. And like how you said earlier, you drew on a lot of your experience from the tech world. Mm. It's almost less about learning those things, but understanding how to solve problems and move through difficult situations. That's why whenever people are like, you have a bachelor's degree and you're not using it, like music and technology, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I mean, I'm using like skills that I, developed while in that world for sure i'm not like programming stuff every day and i'm not like 
making music every day, but I'm using a lot of those same skills. So, yeah, I always tell them, fuck you. <laughs> Yo, you know what? I'll do whatever I want with my master's degree. You're like, oh, do you have a master's degree? I'll That's cool. My butt with it. Where's your master's degree, guy? <laughs> there, I'll... That, that's true. Well, this is the Alex Mars' awesome podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. With yes. all these <laughs> degrees. <laughs> you know what's going to keep me warm? That's right. My, my degrees. degrees. <laughs> all the other regular homeless people have newspaper. Holy Look shit. at me. Degrees. <laughs> so funny. Oh, man. My father was actually in school all while I was in school. <laughs> That's from a Kanye West That's album. That's Kanye yeah. West. That's college dropout or Probably. high school dropout? It's right. number one. One of those dropouts. One of the dropout <laughs> albums. <laughs> one of the dropout <laughs> albums. These degrees. Well, man. I remember that. I think, this, I think that's it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you could tie in one thing from the most recent book, Legacy, <gasps> that is tugging at your heartstrings the most, what is that thing that you took? <sighs> First thing. That's a good question. I I think the one of the last chapters, which is about rituals mm-hmm. and about it got me thinking about how cool that is and how I don't really do that and I, I wanna start doing that. I wanna start having rituals around different things. Like what if every time we gained a new wholesale partner there was like a ritual that Mark and I did that was I mean it could be as simple as like Dude. going out to eat or I've been thinking about rituals a little Doing bit too, something. actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in a b- completely different way, but well, no, not a different way. Fully different book, fully different tangent. A book yeah. called Falling Upward. It's like totally like a philosophy, spirituality book. But there's this thing that they do in your. I think they still do it, but they used to do it in Japan where the soldier comes home and the soldier mm-hmm. is not going to be a soldier anymore, and the ceremony and the ritual is to essentially say, "You have served your time as a soldier." Yeah. You are no longer a soldier. We need you in our community to leave that part of you behind mm. and step into our community. We welcome you. We're excited for you. We're very proud of you. We need you to be a worker, father, husband, so on and so forth. And that is a ritual yeah. that they maybe still hold. Wow. That is like a really powerful transition of like time. That's cool. Um, I wonder it, if that cuts down on PTSD for people who come back from war. That was part maybe, of the talk. Hopefully. It was part of the reasoning of some of that stuff. It's, yeah, it's like leaving all that behind and, and almost like... It's like a whole community supporting your transition back to real life and, and mm. understanding all that that comes with it. Because I can imagine when you're deployed, if you're deployed, I have no experience with this, you come back, that's a big part of your life and your identity is wrapped up in that yeah. and you get thrust back into society and it can feel like no one gives a fuck about you. I'm sure it really? does. <laughs> so anyway, it was something that I thought was powerful and it made me think about rituals too in our company yeah. and totally, like as you transition from a position to another position, like there, I mm. do want to work towards rituals and right. significant moments of meaning and like orientation is a ritual yes it is cat and cloud orientation mm-hmm. um i like the idea of doing yeah figuring out rituals that can like get you in this because their rituals are centered around like getting them in the zone for their rugby game yeah to like kick some ass so i'm thinking about how can we use rituals also in that same context like even if it's like i'm about to make a phone call to this like potential partner all right Here's my ritual. <laughs> like, yeah. Do like 20 jumping jacks or something. I don't know. Like, I think that shit is sick. Yeah. I, I do too. I actually. feel like I used to do a lot of that when mm. I was young, just out of these habits that I developed. But right. that faded when I got older because I just had to quote unquote get stuff done. Get Dude, you know who yeah. else has pretty sick ones? <laughs> David Hannah no. Meyer Hansen. The Ritz Carlton, Horse Schultz. Huh. One of their rituals is that 
every single day. So they have like, I, I can't remember the number of them. Let's just call it 11 values tw- or 12 a lot philosophies or whatever. Yeah. It might be more. It might be like 21 things that they do, like things they say, things they do. Every single day you come in before you start work, there's a review of one of those on that list and like a little bit of an in-depth unpacking five minutes or so to 10 minutes before you start work. Cool. You revisit one of them, hear an application of it, because there's a number of different departments in a Ritz-Carlton hotel, right? True. So he, all the way from like the dishwasher and into whatever, the head of the head, they all go through it. That's awesome. Every single day, all the way through, and then they restart with a different perspective and restart with a different perspective and so on and so forth. And he's got a really cool, interesting interview on Dang. story brand, but horse Schultz. Yeah. He talked about That's it crazy. and he's pretty amped because they talk about mission and vision and all these things. And like, yeah, it was and, rituals, dude. And then those people are like internalizing everything about that company so much. But by the time you've worked there for like a month, you probably like know everything. And you know how to do what they need you to do. Yeah. Even though you don't verbatim know exactly how to do it, you right. know that you're going to do the right thing. Yeah. And I know we work towards that here, actually. And I think we do a, a fairly good job. We're working towards becoming exceptional at it. And we yeah. will become exceptional at it. But that is something that is neat. Rituals, dude. It's like taking cool. a micro microcosm. That's the wrong fucking word. A microdose? <laughs> it's, a, it's like micro. It's, it's like microdosing your morning routine. <laughs> so where if you have a morning routine and you do that every day and then you miss the morning routine one time mm-hmm. and let's say you just plow right into work without going through your routine, yeah. you feel like shit. feels weird. So... Activating rituals in other parts of your life in smaller ways is like the same thing. You're just setting yourself up for success or getting your brainwaves fucking wired right to right. kill it at whatever you're doing. You know it. You're priming the pump. Man. You're pre-infusing Prime the pump. bed of espresso if you guys want to fucking go there. All right, coffee people. <laughs> you, you know, know what I'm saying? Soft infusion. Getting all that you loosened know what I'm up. Hey, thanks everyone who really picked up that flatbed thing. Man, that, oh, yeah, that really cool. went it off. took off. That's Coffee just, stuff. Yeah. Also, other coffee stuff. There's that one guy who wants us to send him a napkin from here. Oh, I he saw that. Messaged me too. Did he message you? Yeah, yeah. Napkin guy. He wa- he collects napkins from cafes, and he wants a napkin from Cat and Cloud. I got you, dude. I'll get you someday. Don't know anything Hit about me it. With your napkin. He, he was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with your napkin. Hit me with your napkin. I didn't feel it because it was so soft. <laughs> what if we pee on it, dry it out, and send it? That would be mean. Is that positive? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna send I, you a napkin. I, I was just having the idea of like, what if people are drugging you with napkins that they're sending you? And you don't even know it. It could be bad. Man, that'd be gnarly. Uh, na- these are these have to be signed napkins, right? No, I think it's just a napkin. Oh, we should sign it though. I won't be <laughs> on it. That was just a joke. It was a bad joke. I'm sorry. I wish I understood this better because if it's just a napkin, you're gonna get like 500 of the same napkins. True. But people are all Dixie. He's all, oh, look, they do Dixie. Oh, they do double ply. Oh, they do. <laughs> I know he's really napkin. passionate about it. That's I know. I'm I know. not trying to diss it. I'm trying to understand it. And I do not. Pretty, pretty funny dude. Well, well, let's get him a napkin like him. and we'll, we'll just go from there. Maybe we'll get, he presumes we'll we have branded napkins. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, but I that's think, why I, I would want a napkin. Down. It's like having napkin. a fetish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. All about my napkins. <laughs> Come anyway. on, knock on our door. Well, we I'm going to go work it. on a thing with the stuff. Oh, it's great you, to have you. You got one. Before we end it, All I right. wanted to send a shout out. Send it. Is that your online voice? To freaking, dude, Ground and Griddled. I was there. I just came back. You guys saw it on Instagram. It was a hobbit's tale. It was hard to, like, encapsulate everything in Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to, like, keep the stories going, but it was hard to, it's hard to, like, translate it into the feeling that you have it always when is. you're there. 
Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Every every time I make a video going somewhere, that is part of the biggest challenge. Every yeah. time you take a try to take a picture with Photo. your iPhone of something beautiful, it's like this is not what I'm seeing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. That's the creative. That's the creative problem right, right there, and that's why that's why that stuff so so powerful when you can bridge that gap and make the viewer or whoever's ingesting that content feel like they were there. And that's super tricky. Right. Cause to me, the feeling was we're, we are so welcome here and they, they like love us here. Like we're like the, they're all about us and we're all about them. And we're, we're, we're all about all of our people, of course. But, um, yeah, shout out to Dave and David and DJ Impulse and all those folks and and Creamy, Creamy, Creamy. I'll tell you about Creamy, dude. <laughs> Creamy, uh, the Charmery ice cream shop. Man, that place is fucking amazing. Does that uh, Bailey's? They, what do they do? They do all kinds creamy. of crazy flavors. They got a green eggs and ham flavor. Yeah, that is. It's, <laughs> it's weird, but it's like. Is it? Damn, that's green eggs and ham. Holy shit! Impulse did a video for them, that, and then oh, he posts yeah. about them all the time. That's how yeah. I know the Charmery. They're it's tight. such a good name for their city <laughs> and the ice cream shop. Yeah. And the cream, oh, dude, it's perfect. Charm City, Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> Creamery, um, the Charmery. Jesus, God, just shout perfect. out and to all the crew at G and G that we met and hung out with. Everybody, y'all are awesome. Mm. Yeah, they're like they're they're great. They're gonna do some great things in the world. I be- I believe they are. I have a hundred percent faith. Blow up. How was the f- <laughs> dude? How was the fucking sandwich? Oh, it was so good. It lived up to all of the I expectations. Oh my god! I had the first day we were there. <laughs> I got two breakfast sandwiches for breakfast. Fuck like, yeah, you did. I ate one. What the kitchen eats? Oh yeah, which yeah, was yeah. like this like house made sausage with like spicy Cito sauce because Dave's former restaurant is called Cafe Cito. Um, He's like a deep restaurant dude. Um, It just has all the, all the accoutrement on there. It's fucking delicious. And then I had the plain Jane, which is just, just plain old, you know, eggs and I put Cito on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Just really good. But food was great. They did a great job of brewing our coffee too. Like everything tasted so good. Just on point, and uh, yeah, they're they're sick. So did David make some shots, or yeah, David was pulling shots. He yeah. was doing everything. He was hanging out with us too, which was great. Dude, they were holding it down. I'm jealous. I'll see everybody after SCA. Yeah, <laughs> and they'll be out here. You know, they'll they'll come out here. They they hey, like David. It. They're about it. Yeah, I want you to meet him, Jer. <laughs> You'd like him. Oh, I guaranteed They'd for like sure. You. We have a great time. For sure. <laughs> great time. <laughs> a really solid time together. Great Dave, times. Great times are coming. Dave cool. brought us like all around town and uh, he brought us to like all of his places that he goes and he knows everybody. It's mm, like, I can he see calls that. it Smaltimore, like small town Baltimore, basically. Um, but I mean, we went to so many good places. We went to this like pop up that one of his friends, two of his friends who were chefs were throwing and like they like basically sold out of stuff, but they like snuck us and some of the food and it was just some of the tastiest stuff you've had ah, yeah i want to eat the stuff it's great i love it i like to play Big vibes i love it cool man dude alex uh wrap this thing up oh yeah man thank you guys thank yeah. y'all you're welcome <laughs> man that's it that's how you do it that's how you do it cat and cloud podcast we'll Boom. see you guys later we'll Take the, by world. the cat and cloud coffee podcast is brought to you by wilbur curtis they make coffee brewers ever heard of them if you haven't you should they're an awesome family-owned company they're here in california they power their facility with solar power which i hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do 
The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the Brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a Brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the Brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. 